Good evening, men and women of God. Good evening. Tonight is May 5th, 25th, 2023. My brother and I. That's right. Hey, by the way, can y'all tell we're brothers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Got the, got the same hey. daddy, man. Come on, man. We, we up here like a lethal weapon, Bim. Come on. Hey. Hey, Saints, we're going to have fun tonight. Not just us. We are going to have fun tonight. So we're excited to share with y'all. You're our family, and we have taken notice to all the incredible things that the Lord is doing. We're talking about foundation revelation. We're talking about revelation like it's never been revealed before to us, that the Lord is opening our eyes, and he's bringing about a seriousness, a soberness, an alertness to us so that we can see what he sees, and we can be on the same level that he's at and walking in his direction. We're seeing weddings. We're seeing baby, baby, uh, what is it called? Dedications. Thank you. Well, baby dedications. We're seeing uh, daughters that are being born into this house. Where you at, Rob? Come on, Rob. What's up, man? We're seeing a greater revelation of identity. Man, that has been moving me, is the revelation of identity. That it's always been there, but I'm becoming more aware of it. We're seeing baptisms, both water and spirit baptisms. Ain't that right, Priscilla? Yes. Look, we got a perfect scripture that encapsulates what the Lord's doing in this house. Yeah. Sound booth, can you put up 2 Corinthians 6.2 in the NIV? Yeah. Look at what it says. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Yes. Now is the day of salvation. LCM, can we give, give praise and exaltation to our king? Hallelujah! This is what he's doing in this body. We're having baptism. We're having baptism in water, in the spirit. We're having children that are being born. He is adding to our number. Our king, isn't he worthy, LCM? He is. Man, he is so worthy. When Paul and I were thinking about his worthiness, we were thinking about just his character, his majesty. We were, like, we were thinking about who he is. Man, there were a plethora of scriptures that we were, th- we were thinking about. There were Marvelous. so many scriptures that we were engaging with, but there was one scripture. Say one. One. One scripture that moved us in our very souls. Yeah. Are you guys ready to engage with this scripture? Come on. So you guys turn to your Bibles and to Isaiah chapter 6. And as you're turning, say worthy. Worthy. We're going to pick up in verse 1. Look at what it says. Still hear some pages turning. Y'all there? It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. And the throne of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, holy Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Man, how extraordinary is this passage that Isaiah gets to sing to the heavenly realms. And what are they saying in the heavenly realms? What are the creatures singing? That he is worthy, that he is holy, that he is holy. How amazing is this? Elson, did you catch in verse 3? 
Did you catch in verse 3 what is full of his glory? The whole earth. Not a partial of the earth. Not 50% of the earth. Not even 99.9% of the earth. It says the whole earth, all of it is full of his glory. Come on. It's all about his glory, saints. It's all about his worthiness. Who does that leave out when we think about this? No one. Who does that leave out when we think about the majesty and the, and the God that is worthy of all praise? Who is exempt from this? No one. Nobody's exempt for this. His glory, LCM. His glory is everything. Say everything. Everything. In fact, that leads us, Paul, to the title of our sermon tonight. The title is For, for His, his glory. glory. Say that with us. For, for His glory. Saints, with a title like that, you don't have to try to figure out where we're going tonight. We just read a passage that said the whole earth is full of His glory. Yeah. It is all for His glory. That means every single creature experiences His glory. Let that weigh on you tonight as we move through this, te- uh, this, pa- this sermon. His word declares it, and because it is always a good time for a proverb, we're going to turn to Proverbs 25 and verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. We know this to be true, that it's all for his glory, that it's all about him. And this same proverb gives us a warning. Drop down... uh, Sound booth, put up verse 27 in chapter 25. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Interesting. Interesting where this chapter starts and where it ends, isn't it? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings, like the kings that are sitting in this room, to search out a matter. But there is nothing glorious about seeking one's own glory. Why does the proverb say this? It's all about him, right? Yes. And what is also there alongside this truth? What's also there? Come on, man. Is there a little glory in it for me? Yeah. Lord, it's all about you, but is there a little glory for me? Let's turn to James 4, or let's put it on the, on the screen. James 4 and verse 1. What causes quarrels? And what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Saints, this is exactly what we need to war with tonight. It's our own passions, it's our own desires that are at war within us that cause us to want some of that glory. We can say it on the outside. We can look our brothers in the eyes and say, all for his glory. But what is causing that contention between you and your brother? It is a desire for your own glory. You know, have you, anybody ever heard the term glory seeking? Yeah. Glory seeking. It's an innate desire to have advantage over others. Think about that. Think about it when, you're, when we're, we're saying, oh, all the glory for him, but I just want to be recognized a little bit here. Why? So that you can have some sort of advantage over someone else particularly over your brothers, those that you do life with. Saints, believe me, we've wrestled with this, and we're going to engage with it tonight, and the Lord's going to lead us to, to win this battle royale for, for glory. Yeah. Did y'all hear what Paul said? We know 
It's all about his glory. We can proclaim it. We can put together six scripture string about his glory. And yet there are desires alongside that that are warring inside of us. That prevailing question, what about me? How can I get a little piece of this? Elder Eric, what did you say? Lord, can you just tie it a little bit my way? Some of that glory, just, just leak that off of you into me. Man, there's a war that is within, and James 1 says it plainly. There's a battle royale for, growth, for glory. When Paul and I were engaging with this, it reminded us of what took place on Sunday. Paul, can you lead us with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna, let's, let's do some personal examples. Let's do some personal engagement. Because even as Elder Eric is saying, that, that very statement, Lord, can you just leave a little tithe for me? Lord, can there be a little bit something there for me? I'm like, far be it for me, Lord. I would never say that. Can I tell you what was going on inside of my flesh on Sunday? There were five families. There were five families on the other side of the world that we have grown to love. Yeah. Not all, most of us have not even met them. Yeah. We don't know very much about them, but what we have learned from Sunday is that they are incredible families. They are our family yeah. doing the will of God yeah. there in Romania. What I was wrestling with is, why are our pastors up here recognizing them and, and, and not recognizing us and what we're doing here? What about all the work that I've been doing? These, are, these were vicious, ugly thoughts and, and, and ambitions that were rising up inside of me that I really had to wrestle with. There's, there's a part of my flesh that wants to fully deny it, but I'm like, no, this, this is here, and this has got to die today. I love these men and women of God, but yet, why am I not being recognized? Where's the glory in it for me? I can love Ooh. what's taking place on Sunday. Like genuinely be moved, be excited for the work of God there in Romania. And right alongside that, what about me? Right there. Come on, pastor, recognize me over here. Are we the only ones LCM? No. We know. We're <laughs> yeah. But this is why we're doing what we're doing. To expose these things for what they really are. See, do you guys want to see a scriptural, multiple scriptures of examples of what this battle royale looks like for your own glory? You guys turn to Judges chapter 8. We're going to engage with this. As you're turning there, say, for his glory. For his glory. In Judges chapter 8, we're going to read this in the ESV. We're going to pick up in verse, chapter, in, in verse 23. Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Man, how amazing is that? Now look at verse 24. And Gideon said to them, let me make a request of you. Each one of you give me the, earn, the earrings from his spoils. For they had golden, golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. Jump down to verse 27. Look at this. And Gideon made an ephod of it and put it in his city, in Ophrah. And all Israel whored after it, and it became a sneer to Gideon and to his family. Wow. Wow. He should have stopped in verse 23. Yeah. For sure. It sounded so good. We're reading it. It sounds so, it's good. so good. I will not rule over you. My son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Wow. Just one request, though. 
else One little here. thing. What started off as bringing honor and glory to the Lord. I mean, think about this. You guys are familiar with the story of Gideon. Who won the battle for, Ge for Gideon? The, the Lord. Lord. The Lord empowered him. The Lord gave him the strategic insight. It was the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. The Lord brought the victory. And Gideon started off right. Honor to you, mighty God. Glory to your name. But what it resulted in is Gideon wanted something for himself. Did you guys catch that in verse 24 where he says, let me make a request of you? In the NIV, it says, let me make one request. Elsim, the point here is even the smallest request of glory mm. for yourself is idolatry. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how small. Doesn't doesn't matter how minuscule. It, it doesn't matter at all. Any ounce of glory that you desire for yourself is idolatry. Yeah. This is a sub point, but immediately after Gideon dies, the the nation of Israel turns right back to what they were doing before. Yeah. And sadly, this is coming right off of this event. What looked good turned into idolatry. It turned into what about the glory for me? What about the what I can gain from this? Saints, this is what we're wrestling with tonight. Y'all ready for another personal engagement? Yeah. All right. We're still so, <laughs> hey, y'all remember where Gideon was found, right? Yeah. He, he was found uh, in a wine press uh, threshing wheat, right? You could pretty much say he was cowardice. He was a coward. Yet he was called a mighty warrior and lifted up. He was given a call. He was given a duty. He was given a weapon. He was told exactly who he is and exactly what he must do. Not any of it originated with him. That is me. Nothing about my calling originated with me. Nothing about any skills, any talent that I might have, which is little. And none of it had to do with me. The Lord called me. The Lord gave me a ministry. The Lord gave me a family. The Lord gave me the work that I must do in a day. The Lord is the one who enables me to accomplish it. Yet when I'm talking about the work that I'm doing, I want it to be known that it's very hard. I am very tired. I've slept very little. I haven't eaten very much. My face matches my hair. I've been out in the sun all day. I want, to, I want you to know that I'm getting it. That's exactly what Gideon was doing. This little bit, just a little bit of recognition. I could do nothing before. It was only the Lord that enabled me, Bim. Yet I'm up here, and I want to present myself in such a way to be noticed that I'm doing something. All because there's this fleshly cry for more uh, affirmation, for more uh, recognition. It's insatiable. My flesh needs that. I'm not going to let Paul be the only one to do this. Uh, I, yeah, I showed up to this church single. A baby, little bit, little itty baby infant in the kingdom drinking milk. You guys go survey Ezekiel 16 and, and see the picture of what God was speaking to the nation of Israel. That's how I showed up to the church. And the Lord added things to my life. Added to me Added to me a wife, children, ministry partners, fathers, brothers, a family. And, oh man, from time to time. It's not that I don't forget those things. It's that I just have things inside of me that are warring for my own glory. It's a battle. 
Like the, the desire to be on the stage, the desire to, to have the, the revelation and, and be the man of God, the man of power for the hour. These things have to die. And in fact, in Proverbs 18, verse 12, we're not going to put it on the screen. It warns us that before a man's downfall takes place, his heart is proud. But humility goes before glory, the LSB wow. says. Humility goes before glory. LCM, humility is so key. Yeah. It's everything. It's what keeps our heart in check. It has to go before glory. Man. It's before any other desire that's tried to nibble at your heels like James 4 says. See, humility avoids idolatry and the ensnaring of others. But the lack of humility will muddy our calling and ultimately shipwreck it all if we're not careful. Wow. Wow. That lack of it. Gideon, you think Gideon actually wanted to ensnare the nation of Israel? No. You think that was his intent? Of course not. But that ounce of glory for himself caused that, that him to ensnare other people. LCM, we have other examples that we want to get to. We have, we have an example that we don't want you to turn to. We're going to put on the screen so we can, we can clench with this and we're going to come out of it. But we clench with this and we're still clenching with it and we're going to come out of it. Yeah. There's a specific man that did not have humility. Couldn't, he couldn't find it if he had the lights on. But if we engage with this, we'll also see ourselves in the story. Yeah. So that being said, let's look at 1 Samuel 15 because it is a caution for us. Sound booth, can you put that up? Verse 13 in the NET. <clears throat> when Samuel came to him, Saul said to him, May the Lord bless you. I have done what the Lord said. Samuel replied, If this is the case, then what is the sound of sheep in my ears and the sound of cattle that I hear? Saul said, they were brought from the Amalekites. The army spared the best of the flocks and the cattle to sacrifice for the Lord, our God, but everything else we slaughtered. Like, we know this story well. We know it so well because that's, that's inside of each one of us. Yeah. Saul did not get this right in the least bit. It wasn't about the Lord's glory, why he did what he did. Yeah. He was looking for his own glory. He was looking for favor with men. And saints, that's something that the Lord is putting to death inside of me. I'm crying out, Lord, I don't need uh, to be uh, affirmed by man. I don't need the favor of man in order to do your will. I need to be seeking your glory. But Saul, in this moment, think about this. He was chosen. He was selected as the king. He was transformed. He was spiritually transformed. And he still was not for the glory of his king. This picture that's being painted is how close you can come, how much you can do, how much you can be called, but the littlest bit, even the smallest bit of wanting glory for yourself will ultimately lead to your downfall. Saul started off hiding amongst bags <laughs> when the Lord picked him through the prophet Samuel. Saul had nothing. I had nothing. We had nothing. And the Lord added so much to our lives. Elsie, are you chosen? Yes. Have you been selected? Yes. yes. Are you being transformed? Yes. No glory to us, LCM. Come on. Only glory to him. If he chose us, selected us, 
transformed us, filled us with his spirit, has given us the manna from heaven. All glory back to you, mighty God. Come that on. has to be the heart's cry of us. When we're engaging with this, I was like, Lord, help me. Help me because I am Saul. But it's also not all that I am. Come on. Lord, because you are helping us. Amen. LCM, he is helping us tonight. Do you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Come on. That in the time of his favor, he has heard you. It is he now. is helping us. Now is the time of salvation. LCM, we want to encourage you. We are clinched with this. We are wrestled, wrestled with this. We are taking responsibility for these things that are inside of us, these, these desires that battle for our own glory. And, somebody say and. And. We are going to take a look at a man of God who got this right. Come on. A man who was simply for the glory of God and the glory of God alone. Amen. Y'all turn to Job 32, and we're going to pick up in verse 6. Say for his glory as you turn there. For his glory. Okay, say, for his glory as you turn there. For his glory. Thank you. So Elihu, son of Barakel, the Buzite, said, I am young in years, and you are old. That is why I was fearful, not daring to tell you what I know. I thought age should speak. Advanced years should teach wisdom. But it is a, the spirit in a man. It is the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. Yeah. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. Therefore, I say, listen to me. I too will tell you what I know. Saints, right here in this passage, in this time in Job's life, and in these men that are surrounding him, Elihu nailed it. Yeah. He got it right. He wasn't absent of fear or the fear of failure. But he was overcome with bringing glory to his king. Yeah. Is your fear or getting something wrong or saying something wrong robbing the glory that is rightly due your king? He was about to shrink back, but he didn't. Come on. He said, it is the spirit in a man and is the breath of the almighty that gives yeah. him understanding and that gives him knowledge. And he gave glory to God and then he rightly admonished those men. Do not let shrinking back rob God of his glory. Amen. Do not give in. His spirit is inside each one of you. Yes. We love Elihu. He is a man who inspires us to rise up and seek glory for the Lord and for him alone. Yeah. Not only was the spirit of God inside of Elihu compelling him to speak, Elihu was also a man who stood for something. He stood for what was right. He took a stand for what was right, and that gave glory to God. It did, had nothing to do with what it meant for him. The consequences meant nothing. His age meant nothing. Yeah. Those that he were talking to meant nothing, only that he would represent his king. Saints, this is what must rise up inside of us. Amen. This is something we have to grasp because Jesus himself speaks about the same thing in John chapter 7. And we're going to pick up in verse 18. Before we go to John chapter 7, verse 18, do you guys understand the situation Elijah was in? He's not speaking to uh, somebody his age. He's speaking to somebody who was older than him. And not somebody who had a paper cut. And that's why they're, they're gathered around him talking. He's talking to a man who's lost everything. And he's sitting there and it's trepidatious. It's like, what could I possibly say to this man? Have you been there? Yeah. You're faced with a difficult situation. 
you're wrestling with it. I, I, the scripture doesn't say it, but I don't know if Elihu's ever gone through something like this. But should it matter? It shouldn't matter, though. We say it shouldn't matter, but we let it, we let it matter to us. I let it matter to me. I've never experienced this before, so who am I to say something? I love the transparency of Elihu. He says, hey, I was fearful. He didn't say, now, now I got my opportunity, and I'm going to say what I need to say. He said, I was fearful, but I realized it's not about me. It is about the glory of God. It's the spirit inside of me that causes me to well up, to have the zeal to speak these things, even though it may be uncomfortable to me. Because of him, I'm going to stand. It's the same reason Stephen can stand there and say, hey, Lord, I'm praying for these men who are stoning me. Why would somebody do that? Because he wasn't seeking his glory. He was seeking the glory of the everlasting king. And he said, Lord, have mercy upon them and forgive them of their sin. This is what we need, LCM. Yeah. And this is what Jesus was speaking about in John chapter 7, verse 18. Elihu stood for what was right and the spirit was compelling him. Check this out in the 1984 NIV. It says, he who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who speaks... But he, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. We have multiple translations here in this, in this service. In the ESV, where it says honor, in the NIV, in the ESV, it says glory. The man who is seeking glory for himself speaks for himself. He pats himself on the back. Yeah. But the man who is seeking to bring glory to the Lord, it says that that man is a man of truth, and there's nothing false inside of him. Isn't this true about John the Immerser? The same man who said in John chapter 3, verse 30, he says, he must become greater, and I must become less, Chris Reosora. The NLT says he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That is seeking glory for the Lord. This is what it looks like to be a man of truth. Elson, this is what the Lord is causing us to rise up in. And like John, who had a desire for truth above everything else, this LCM, this right here is what the Lord is doing in our body. It means that we are so for the truth of God, so for his glory, that regardless of how it makes us feel, regardless of how it makes us look. See, I've been telling this story all week. I like smoothies, and I ordered a smoothie at work the other day, and when I went downstairs in the office to pick it up, I had my laptop with me, and we have a company, a company policy that we're not supposed to leave our laptops anywhere, and if we do, we're to lock it to a structure, you know, IPs, proprietary information, that sort of thing, you guys understand, and my thought was, look, I am going to, I am going to get this right on track. My timing is going to be perfect. I'm going to lay my laptop on the security desk, and I'm going to bolt out the door, grab my smoothie, come back before anybody can say anything to me. Well, that didn't happen. I put my laptop at the security desk, ran outside to the Uber driver, and she missed her way. So it took me longer to get my smoothie. When I came back, my laptop was gone. And the ladies that were there were like, let me back, back up for a second. I knew the ladies, the security guards, at the front desk, I knew they took my laptop. I said, hey, ladies, where's my laptop? They're like, you know better. You know you're not supposed to leave your laptop out. It's company policy. I'm like, yeah, I know, 
But if the lady, that lady would have done her job right, she had one job, be there on time so I could get my smooth and come back. <laughs> if she would have done her job, I would have got it, got my laptop, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So to get my laptop and went to my meeting, and I'm sitting there, and I'm being convicted by the Spirit of God. And my stone that is here from John 7, 18 was staring at me during my meeting. The Lord said, is this how a man of truth ask, acts? You know what I did? The moment we got a break in the meeting, I ran back downstairs. Hey, ladies, hey, what just happened 30 minutes ago? That is absolutely ridiculous. That is not how a man acts. I'm blaming some poor old lady for my own foolishness. This is not how we do things here. And I got it right. Why? Because I'm a man of truth. Being a man of truth does not mean you don't make mistakes. Being a man of truth doesn't mean that you don't get something wrong. Being a man of truth is that you're not living in data, that, that or denial. Being a man of truth is even when you get something wrong, you're willing to stand back on your feet because you are so for his glory. Say, Lord, it doesn't matter how this makes me look. It doesn't matter how these women may look at me even less. Lord, for your glory, I'm going to do this. LCM, this is what the Lord is doing in this body. We are men and women of truth. We do not hold back what is due his name. We do not withhold what is due our king's glory. We're not going to turn there. We're going to put it up on the screen. Joshua 7:19 in the NLT. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Saints, what we are learning is that repentance and transparency brings glory to God. This passage always cuts me to the heart. From the very first time that I read it, there was an understanding that Achan was actually giving glory to God. We cannot withhold being transparent and rightly confessing our sin, rightly addressing what we have done, what is, uh, what we, that battle royale that's going on inside, rightly addressing that, engaging it, and bringing it out into the open so that we can bring glory to our God. Yeah. It is a gift to be transparent. Amen. Let me tell you why it's a gift. Because when you have been fully transparent, and when you have fully you're, you're out there, you're standing in front of a whole nation with your family, having to admit what you have just done, what can be held against you? Who can hold anything against you? You st now stand before the Lord, and guess what? No matter what he does, he's going to receive glory. Saints, that is what it looks like. Achan, it wasn't conditional repentance. It wasn't, well, let me think about what the consequences are going to be once this is aired out. No, he actually said, yes, this is exactly what I've done. This is where it is. And, he, and there was consequences, severe consequences. Yeah. But that didn't come into play in his repentance. Saints, that's what it's got to look like for us. Amen. That's what transparency has to look like. You know, Bim and I were talking like, there are some times we look at this story and we're like, yeah, well, Achan was called out. The Lord singled him out. He called him out. And so, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to say what it is. But he didn't shrink back. He, he didn't change up the story. He was a man of truth, gave glory to God, and there was consequences for it. Saints, that is who I want to be every single day. 
I want to say, Lord, this is what I've done. This is who I am right now. I am looking at families that I love, yet I want that recognition for myself. I want that glory for myself. This is who I am. Lord, whatever the consequence is, Lord, deal with me. I want to be refined. I want to be renewed in you. I want to be a man of truth. I don't want to hold anything back. I want to exalt your word above everything else. Brother, you are a man of truth. That is exactly who you are. You could care less about your personal glory. You could care less about what it means for you, how you look. You could care less that there's a recording happening right now. You, Paul Rosales, Paul Archippus Rosales, you are a man of truth. Does anybody think this was easy for Aiken? (laughs) But he did it anyways. It was hard for him, but he did it anyways. What point are we trying to make? We have to fight for the glory of God. It's not hard for me to, it's actually very easy to want my own personal glory. You know what's difficult? To fight for God's glory. To put to death my flesh again and again and again. Expose it again and again and again like Achan. It is a fight for the glory of God. So much so that 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 6 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says this in the NIV. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. LCM, we are fighting the good fight of faith. We are walking in greater levels of transparency. We have taken hold of the resurrection power that is at work inside of us. And the Lord is teaching us more and more to put to death everything that wars against his glory. Church, if you are for his glory, it means that you are also for the will of God. They're one and the same. They're not separate. If it's it's Lord, it's about your glory, you're also for his very will. And LCM, you are men and women of truth who seek the Father's glory. Mm. LCM, have you made mistakes? Yes. Have you made mistakes this week? Yes. Have you made mistakes today? Yes. Does it mean you're still not a man or woman of truth? No. We stand up in that. Just like our identity, we stand up. Because being a man of truth, just like John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Being a man of truth is being a man of the word. The word. The word is above my thoughts. The word is above how I feel. The word is above my reputation. And you, LCM, are men and women of truth. And we are for the Father's glory. It means that you are for the Father's will. Do you guys want to know what his will is? No, no. Do you want to know what the Father's will is? Do you want to know what his heart longs for? Well, Ezekiel chapter 34 will tell us. Yeah. Let's go to verse 11 in the NIV. Say, for his glory as you turn there. For his glory. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look for them. And as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. This is the heart of God. Saints, I need you to pay attention. This is the heart and the will of God. You want to be a man of truth? Be this kind of man that seeks out the flock of God. 
This is the example. The God of all creation came down and said, I will be your shepherd. I will search you out. This is what it looks like to be a man of truth, is to rise up and be a shepherd like the very God that we serve. It looks like intentionality. It looks like intimacy. Is being a shepherd easy? No. I've never been a physical shepherd, but I can look at the details. I can look at the task and the work of a shepherd, and I can see it is not easy in the least bit. There's a reason why God uses this to draw his people to himself. It's because it's difficult. It's because it's a sacrifice in every way on the shepherd's part. There's nothing that the sheep does. The sheep gets hungry. The sheep gets thirsty. The sheep gets hurt. The sheep gets lost. The sheep needs rest. The sheep is prone, can't fight against wolves. The shepherd is the one who is there for them. The shepherd is the one that is providing for them. This is the heart of God. When we were engaging with this passage, it engaged us. The God of all creation reaches his hand down and says, I will be a shepherd for my people. And not only that, but I'm raising up a shepherd like me, like David, who is Jesus, who raised up other shepherds, and it's made it to us today. Saints, what have we been talking about? We're talking about what it looks like to be in ministry. We're talking about what it looks like to be a man and a woman of God who cares for the flock of God. The God of all creation displays his will by coming down from the heavens to shepherd the flock. I love the heart of our Father. He is the great shepherd over his people. It says in his word that his eyes range back and forth upon the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. You also know what Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 says in ESV? And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will, y'all finish that, who will what? Feed you with knowledge, knowledge and, understanding. and understanding. You mean God wants to partner with us in this? Absolutely. He wants to partner with you, LCM. Say, he wants to partner with me. He wants to partner with me. And we see the New Testament carry on the same theme. Let's put up 1 Peter chapter 5, picking up in verse 2 in the NET. It says, give a shepherd's care to God's flock among you. Exercise an oversight, not merely as a duty, but willingly under God's direction. Not for shameful profit, but eagerly. And do not lord it over those entrusted to you, but be examples to the flock. Come on. LCM, we are called to be ministered. This, there was a particular reason we had this read in NET. We are called to be ministered under his direction. Amen. Why under his direction? It is because it is his will and is about his glory. That's why. His will and his glory, his character, his reputation, his name is on the line. Not ours. His. That's why this has to be done under his directions. Why he's rebuking those, those men in Ezekiel 34 and saying, hey, you are not shepherding my people. But LCM, that's not you. You're called to be shepherds of God. You are shepherds of God and you're a partner with him. It is for his will and his glory because it is on the line. Do you guys really want to see what God's will is for LCM? Yeah. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Let's check out this slide. 
Yeah, because you've already seen it. Church, on Sunday, we learned about the priority of ministry, the body performing the deeds and the teaching of Jesus. Saints, this is what a shepherd does. Yeah. A shepherd does the will of God, and he teaches the sheep how to do the will of God. We talked about the power of ministry, the spirit of Jesus empowering you to carry out his will on the earth. Saints, this was pivotal for me this week because I know that there's work to be done, sick as a dog, tired, but it has to be done. Lord, I need you to empower me. God, I need you because this is how your ministry gets accomplished. We talked about the progress of ministry, the outward focus and the expansion of the kingdom of God selflessly. And this is what has been moving us the selflessness. It's not about glory for us. It is about your glory and is about doing your will for your people. We talked about the people of ministry. Every member of the body ministering as Christ. Saints, I've been in this body for six years. I, I know pretty much everyone in the room on a good, in a good way, on a good level. I have, we are at an all-time high for being members who minister to the body. Yeah. Every member working yes. to minister to the other members yeah. Yeah. of the body. The purpose of ministry, the gospel for the whole world begins and ends at the throne of God in Jerusalem. Yeah. Saints, this is pivotal. And we have to always be reminded of this. Otherwise, we're going to be continually seeking glory for ourselves here. What does this mean for me here? You know, as I was thinking about my, my, my fleshly thoughts uh, and thinking about the families in Romania, you know, they're doing there exactly what we're doing here. They're doing the same thing. What am I over here concerned about that for? I'm supposed to be concerned about the gospel reaching Jerusalem. The glory of God, that is where his throne is, and he's calling his people. He's been saying since Ezekiel 34, I will shepherd my people. This is where my heart must be. This is where my intention must be, no matter what it means for me. It begins and it ends at the throne of God in Jerusalem. Elson, what you guys are stirring on the screen is a gift from the, your father. It's a gift from your heavenly father. And we get to put this into practice. Every man, every woman in here has been given a gift. It's because this is for his glory, church. Amen. It is for his glory that he's assembled us together as a family, like 1 Corinthians 12 says. This entire sermon, we've been hinting at something. We've been thinking about a man that exemplifies what we've been talking about. There are many men in the passage, in, there are many men in the Bible, but there's a specific man in the Bible that we, we were, re, we, not wrestling, we were inspired by, yes. who, ex, who exemplifies what we've been talking about tonight. It's the same man who wrote 2 Corinthians, the entire book of 2 Corinthians with his brothers. It's the same man who was only concerned about the will of God and the will of God alone. He was a man of truth who could care less about what it meant for him or his own reputation. A man who raised up sons in the faith and inspired them to complete their race and instructing them in the very way. This was also a man who himself was a shepherd working under the direction of King Jesus. This is none other than the Apostle Paul himself. You know how Paul looks at his life? We're going to rapid fire, just talk through some of these scriptures, not even put it on the screen. Paul was so for the glory of God, and he so 
put John 3, 30 into practice, that he must, that the Lord must increase and Paul must decrease, then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, I am the least of all the apostles. In Ephesians 3, 8, he goes on to say, I am the least of all God's people. In 1 Timothy 1, 15, he says, out of all the sinners that the Lord came to save, I am the worst. You guys are biblical students. Was Paul getting worse in his ministry? Was, it be, was he less successful as he, he increased in maturity? No. No. The kingdom was rapidly expanding. Disciples were being made. Men and women were being transformed by this man of God and him working in a team. And he was so for the glory of God. Such a man of truth that says, hey, this is not about me. It's never been about me. I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm the least of all God's people. I, of all the sinners, I am the one. He was so in tune with the character of God that he could rightly look at himself and soberly reflect and say, yeah. This is not about me, Lord. It's about you. It's about your glory. You're the great shepherd, and I long to walk under and live and, and, and minister under your direction. Elsie, you guys stand to your feet as we're nearing the close. The Lord has chosen you, LCM. Adam Core, he has chosen you. I can see the transformative work of God in your life, in your wife, in your sons. And every time I speak to you, man, I am immensely blessed. Nick Rosales, you're a man that's been chosen by the king of all kings. And you, my friend, are a king to us. You are a blessing to this body. Elsie, we have to look at ourselves as men and women of truth. But we cannot be, um, we cannot ever leave the sober reflection, the humility that the proverb calls for. And Paul exemplifies this for us. And so Paul's going to lead us here as we get ready to close. And we want you guys to truly engage with this last point. We're going to go to Acts chapter 20, and we're going to pick up in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, like Elihu, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However... However, church, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Saints, this was the heart of Paul, the man that we love, the man that did accomplish many things, and he did accomplish every single task that the Lord had set out for him. But this is the heart cry. I consider my life worth nothing. I don't want any glory. I am the worst of all sinners, yet I'm seeing his kingdom advanced. That's what it looks like to stand up as a man of truth. So what is the spirit compelling you to do right now? Because the spirit is here in this place, and the spirit is moving upon you. Do you need to speak with boldness like Elihu? Yes. Yes. Don't steal glory from God. Speak with boldness. You have the spirit of God and you have the breath of the almighty inside of you, giving you understanding and knowledge. Do you need to increase the will of the father and decrease the glory of yourself like John the Immerser? Yes. You need to be giving a shepherd's care under the direction of God like Peter. I'm going to hold here for one quick sec. Under the direction of God. 
Give a shepherd's care. Lay down your life under the direction of God. Go read Ezekiel 34 for yourself, and you'll get a good idea of what that looks like. Be completely poured out like Paul. Soul concern is bringing to the Father by completing the work. He's bringing glory to the Father by completing the work. Yes, there needs to be bold transparency. There needs to be bold repentance. And we're going to rise up like these men that we just talked about. We're going to rise up in courage and know, yes, Lord, this is for your glory. You called me. I didn't call myself. You gave me tasks to do. You gave me the ability to get it done. Lord, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to see it accomplished. Saints, do what you need to today, tonight. As the Spirit is compelling you, Get your heart right with him because this is what ministry looks like. And this is what this body needs. This is what the body of Christ needs all around the world. Saints, lift your hands as I pray. Mighty God, we want you to be lifted high in this place. God, we are looking to you to be glorified, mighty one. Lord, we're asking that you would remove these things from us, Lord God. This desire for recognition, this desire to have a selfish ambition so that we can promote ourselves rather than your name. God, we have been called by your name and we want to represent you. Father, I pray right now that you would empower every man, woman, and child who has heard this message to do your will, to seek your glory. Lord, that they would receive favor from you. Lord, that your breath would breathe inside of them, that they would be empowered to do every single task that you have set before them. God, we say let your name be lifted high in this place. In Jesus' name.